0: Welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin. I'm a transformation and human design guide who is passionate about guiding women to be the most authentic versions of themselves. This podcast is all about self-discovery, self-empowerment, wellness, healing, parenting, mental health, spirituality, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This podcast and this space is all about helping you along on your own self-project journey. So welcome, let's sit back and we'll dive right in today. to the show today, Adrienne Delgado. And Adrienne is a registered dietitian, a business owner, and a fellow mom to five kids. So she helps clients reach their health goals by educating them on what food works best in their body and helping them identify challenging mindset blocks, holding them back from success. And I just have to say, I'm really thankful to have you here today. I'm very excited to have you here. We started talking a little bit before I started recording and I'm like, wait wait, this conversation's too good. I've got to start recording. So I just have to say, Adrian, thank you for being here. If you did not mind, will you share a little bit more about yourself with us and what kind of, um, you know, led you to this path of wanting to help people in this way?
1: Yeah. Well, first, thank you for having me here. I'm just super excited to, to, to help people. I mean, honestly, that's my, that's my passion. That's my heart. Um, I started actually in the medical field, I was in school as a pre-med major, and one of the things that our school did was, it was called the Future Health Professionals Club, and it allowed for different specialties to come into uh, our club, uh, whether it was like pediatricians, uh, cardiologists, gastroenterologists and they would come and speak to their specialty to help us maybe get an idea of what path we wanted to go to in medicine. And one day I'm listening to this pediatrician talk, and I just shot my hand up into the air out of nowhere, kind of surprised myself, actually. And I said, do you have kids? Do you get to see your family? You know, what is your schedule like? And it kind of threw him for a loop because, you know, he's answering questions about specific medical issues in his field. And here I am like, how often do you see your kids and how many kids do you have? And because honestly, I just started to realize like, if this is the path that I'm going to go towards, because I love helping people and I love science. So just doctor is what you think about when you put those two together, Um, I was like, huh, I don't know if this is going to work so well with my dream of also being a mom and I always knew I wanted a large family so next day I signed myself out of pre-med I started looking at the course collection guide because I was like well what can I study that I don't have to lose my calculus or my physics or my anatomy classes and I stumbled across nutrition and never looked back um It's just this perfect blend of being able to meet that passion of mine and do it in a practical way that allowed me to also keep my dream of being a mom and being there for my kids. So every day I can't believe I get to do what I do because it's just, it's, it's perfect.
0: Awesome. I absolutely love that. And, um, you know, I think, I think too, but this is such an area nutrition where, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, like we all know what we should be eating, what we shouldn't be eating. You know, we've all heard all these things coming at us, but I feel like this is still such an area that, um, we struggle with, you know, that we do like lack knowledge on that, you know, we do, um, you don't fully even understand. So I think that, you know, what you're doing is important in the education and the teaching people in the, um, you know, kind of, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, being busy, but, you know, having, having plans, having a plan in place and and all these different things. I think it's so important that somebody's talking about it because, you know, it's something we struggle with a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, and honestly, like I said, it's not from lack of knowledge sometimes like in in certain medical conditions. Yes. You know, what foods are going to work best with your body, your blood sugar, your cholesterol. Um, if you have a gut issue or autoimmune disease, yes, there are certain foods that are going to feel better in your body. Uh, Um, but I think where so many commercial diets go wrong is they teach you. You know, eat this, eat a half a cup of cottage cheese and three quarter cup of a pineapple. And then four hours later, you're going to eat two ounces of this and a half a cup. And that may be enough for your body and it may not be the right amount. But every time you follow somebody else's plan, you no longer put trust and value into your own body and what it needs. And so, where I think a lot of diets go wrong is they teach you the, you know, what's they believe to be the correct volume, but they don't focus on the root work. They don't actually get to the root of the problem where you start to look at, well, how, do, how does my body communicate hunger and how does it communicate fullness? And, and then how do I honor that? right? Because most diets will say, well, it doesn't matter if you're hungry, you know, that's how many calories you get deal with it. And so then it's nine o'clock at night and we're starving and we want chocolate. And where is that diet to help us now? (laughs) Because we got a lot of thoughts going through our head and it becomes a matter of willpower. Who's going to win tonight? Um, and then the other part is when, or if you're following a calorie Assessment, you know, it says you can have this many calories, and all of a sudden it's eight o'clock at night, and you realize as you're putting your foods into your log, hey, I I can still have 400 calories. It does, you know, at that point you completely ignore any sensation that's going on in your stomach because hey, I still have 400 calories left. You better believe I'm going to go find them and eat them because I deserve them. So you completely abandon anything your body is telling you in terms of fullness in favor of what this diet plan has told you. So it goes both ways, but each time you devalue the trust that you need to have with your body, because ultimately that goes with you everywhere you go. And that's how you're successful on vacation during holidays. You don't need to be in your perfect bubble to be successful because you have all that knowledge with you at every step of the way.
0: That's so powerful. my gosh. I, you know, and I wrote down a, a powerful question here too. How does my body communicate? You know, I think that, um, a lot of times we can be so disconnected from our bodies or even our eating or, you know, anybody, I know myself, my own journey with, you know, diet and weight loss and, and nutrition and learning all these things has been up, down and, you know, forwards and backwards. So, you know, how do you really start um telling people to get into um touch with how their body communicates with them? Do you have any practices that you have them do or any advice?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the reason why people are overweight, let's be honest, it's because they're overeating. And so you're overeating either in that you're eating in the absence of hunger. Right, you're, you're not even physically hungry, but you're eating anyway. And a lot of times that has to do with our emotions. Um, or we're overeating past fullness. Right, Our body has given us a signal to stop and we're like, eh, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I still have two more bites or this tastes really, really good. So I don't want to f- stop doing this yet. Or I know that after dinner, it means I'm going to have to clean up all these dishes and do homework and give baths. And, you know, I have a whole night ahead of me. So how about I just sit here for 10 more minutes and eat because then I don't feel guilty, not doing the next step. Right. And so that's really what it comes down to. And if we can learn how to number one, identify hunger and fullness, and then number two, honor it, we don't need another diet plan. That takes care of most of it. And that's where, again, that trust comes. So your question to me was, how do I help people learn to do that? So number one, how do we identify hunger? Okay, so I usually say these are about the eight common ways our bodies communicate hunger to us. So a growling stomach, um, a nauseous pit, kind of a hollow feeling in your stomach, Uh, some people get headaches, they feel lightheaded, dizzy, um, shaky, where their their hands actually shake, Um, irritability, so hanger, Uh, trouble focusing, trouble concentrating. These are the common ways our body communicates hunger, they're all direct responses of low blood sugar. And so every single person has a way that their body communicates hunger. There's usually an early cue and there's a late cue. And the late cue is always more intense because there's some urgency behind it. Now the blood sugar is really dropping. And so your body is doing everything it can to get your attention to eat so you can get your blood sugar up and feeling better. Most people assume that their physical hunger signal is a growling stomach because that's just what we've heard. Your stomach will growl if you're hungry, but that's not true for every person. I know for me, my stomach never growls. So if I'm waiting for a growling stomach to tell me to eat, I'll be waiting a very long time. There will be a lot of irritability going on. Um, So it's really key to know how does your body communicate hunger to you? Because then Here comes the million dollar question when you want to eat something and you ask yourself the question, am I hungry? It's going to be really easy to figure out because if those signals are present, then yes, you're hungry, go eat. But if those signals are not there, then we have a little bit more work to do. Okay, so how are we feeling? What emotion are we feeling? Or you know, we need to do a little bit deeper root work to figure out what's going on. The other thing that I'll share, and this is a usually a really good tip, is when it has to do with physical hunger, it's usually lower in your stomach region or in your head. But when it's an emotional hunger, it almost presents itself as a rattling in your chest. So it almost think of like that emotion is trying to escape. For most people, they associate physical hunger with any sensation from their chin to their lower stomach. Any any sensation from the chin down must mean hunger. But remember, emotional hunger presents itself as like a rattling in the chest and throat region. So if you're automatically assuming that any sensation from the chin down means hunger, You could be mistaking the two.
0: Oh my gosh. The whole time you're talking, I'm like, I'm kind of tuned in because I'm like, my stomach's been growling. So I'm like, am I hungry? Is this my signal? So I'm just like, what, what amazing tips that you just gave us that we could walk away with now to just um, tune into your body. That's just really what it's, what it's about is tuning into Okay. What's the body telling me what's, what's coming up, slowing down and tuning in.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's huge because we're, we're often, we're pulled in so many, we're pulled in so many different directions. We just, you know, we we're not paying attention and it's not because we don't want to, it's just, we don't know how to.
0: So good. You know, we were kind of, um, you know, talking about earlier too, um, you know, both of us having larger families, both of us being obviously busy with lots of different things going on. I was sharing how like, you know, pre COVID, we would have sports practices and going from school. And it was like, how do I make sure that they eat, you know, eat nutritious, and we're not eating junk all the time when we're always on the go. And so you were sharing with us about having different plans. So you kind of mind touching back on that? I think that that might be kind of powerful for our audience to hear as well.
1: Of course, of course. Yeah. So Ideally, you know, I always tell people we want to go into our week with a plan. So I have yet to meet somebody successful at this health game or at weight loss, just trying to wing it. But yet that's what we do. I'll figure it out when I get there. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Like we need to have at least some sense of idea of what we're doing because winging it does not work. Winging it, it well, our decisions will always be based on immediate gratification and pain avoidance if we're trying to figure it out in the moment. So if we want to actually have our best interest at heart and, you know, have our goals in mind, that comes from a plan. And so having a, an idea what you want to make for dinner that night is really helpful than just figuring it out when it's five o'clock and everybody's hungry and miserable that's not going to work. You're going to make a decision based on pain avoidance and immediate gratification. So I am a big fan of the meal plan, like creating an outline of what you're going to eat. And then I'm going to make sure I give you a tip about posting the meal plan. So if I, if I forget to talk about it, make sure you remind me and ask me, why is it important to post the meal plan for, for families? Um, but when it comes to meal planning, it's your plan, so I always say you want to have you know some lean protein, uh, high fiber starches, vegetables. You know that's a good balanced plate for in terms of dinner. So every you know maybe once a week I will try to create a plan for the meals for that night. Um, that's what we call Plan A. It's your ideal plan. You know it has all your it has your health in mind. It has your schedule in mind. You know it just. It's your ideal plan. But as you know, life has a fantastic way of throwing curveballs at us all the time. You know, we're at work a little bit later than what we anticipated. This kid's practice got changed from this night to another night. Now I got to go run out and pick my other kid up from a you know from an event at school. I wasn't planning on doing that. And so what happens often is when things get busy or when our our plan gets disrupted, we throw out plan A in favor of, okay, I'm not going to be able to cook dinner tonight like I thought I was. Who's grabbing the pizza on the way home? Because plan A isn't going to work. So now we got to go to plan B. Well, what I like to talk to my clients about is going out for pizza is not plan B. That is plan C. What we do need is a plan B, like this interjectory plan that hey, plan A isn't going to work, what can I make in my house that I have available that I can throw together that still has some redeeming qualities? It's not my ideal, but it's also not pizza. And so I recommend to have two plan B meals in your house every single week for when life decides to throw you those curveballs, because then you're still on your game. And I personally, I try to keep most of my plan B meals, I guess sometimes in the freezer, because then I don't have to replenish them as frequently um, because they go bad. So whether it's a bag of stir fry vegetables and some minute rice and uh, some Purdue chicken shortcuts, you know, that's something quick and easy that you can throw together in a matter of five minutes and call it a day. Um, so I'll do that. Um, I'm a big fan of bag salads because they're just easy. You know, it's literally open the bag and dump it in a bowl. Um, Another plan B meal we'll do is we'll get like the mini non bread, like the flatbreads, um, because they're like little individual portion size and we'll make our own pizzas on that. So I have some tomato sauce, cheese, I'll use some like leftover veggies from the night before, throw it on top, bake it at 350 for 10 minutes, throw my bag salad next to it, there's your plan B meal. So it doesn't have to be complicated, but it does have to get the job done versus going out for greasy pizza, forgetting to order the salad, everyone feeling after they ate it, and then dealing with the ramifications of that. I feel so exposed. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, I have a plan A and the plan C. So, but I, I love that you give examples for a plan B because when you're talking, I'm like, it could be that easy. Like you said, is opening a bag salad and cooking up, you know, a little bit. I'm like, there's so many options out there for, um like, even different pre cooked chickens or, you know, different, um, like you Petitory said, Chicken.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: We, I get, yeah. I, at least once a week pick up a rotisserie chicken, the kids, that's like one thing that all the kids will eat. They all love it. And I don't have to cook it. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. And because then, I think we have it in our heads. Like these meal plans need to be so elaborate and intricate and difficult. Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> like when it comes down to it, we just need to get the job done. And you can do that without spending hours in the kitchen. Um, It needs to be realistic first and foremost, and then we can start to get more detailed if we want. But sometimes that's where we land. And I think we all move through different seasons. Um, So I know like with different sports seasons with my kids or just even different season seasons, like temperature seasons, every season that we move through, we have to pivot just a little bit and readjust our expectations because there comes a new schedule.
0: And I love what you say too, because even with um, like the things we're eating, like you were talking about and you eat the pizza and afterwards everybody's feeling like, ugh, you know, just like, why'd we eat that? You know, I think of, um, we just had a pizza night last weekend um, and yeah, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to have just one more piece. And it was like afterwards, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> But so um yeah <laughs> too far. So I just think it's even powerful to touch into um, you know, with these different food choices again, getting back to how do you feel after them? How does it leave you feeling? Um that's been really powerful too, and helping me make uh just better food choices is stopping myself and and saying, like, okay, you know, after you eat this. How do, how do you feel feeling into it? That doesn't always necessarily stop us, but it's, it's still a powerful tool to bring your awareness to that present moment and, um, you know, give pause to think like, how am I going to feel if I eat this? So I don't know if that's something that you talk about too with your clients.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know for me, I like to do my workouts in the morning. So, you know, if sometimes it's hard to be motivated, I mean, I've been doing my morning workouts for so long now that it's just part of who I am and what I do. But in the beginning, when you're trying to establish a habit, you don't want any friction along the way. And, you know, a stomach that feels bloated or uncomfortable or sick from the previous night's choices is not going to be a powerful motivator to get in there and start jumping around and doing some type of hit class. So I've also learned like, not only how do I feel after in that moment, but even how does it make me feel the next day? Because I so enjoy that time for myself in the morning when I work out before the kids wake up that I don't want to compromise that because I've made some poor choices the night before.
0: Oh, I can resonate with that. <laughs> like my morning time is like, it's
1: sacred. <laughs>
0: it is I just say that's like my sacred time to take care of me that's what I call it that's like that's my me time to get ready for
1: exactly (laughs) oh I, I have such a routine around my morning it's I have to get my mind right and my body right and then I can take care of all of you people but if I don't have that time then you're getting remnants of me instead of the best of me
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that. And I think that that's so important too. Um, So I love when I hear that other moms are doing that because um, yeah, it's just important for us to pour into ourselves to be able to show up for them. So this has been awesome. So I would really love to kind of switch this to um, if you would just share a little bit more uh, with us like how you're helping other people. If somebody wanted to come and they wanted to learn more from you or they wanted to work with you, you also... (laughs) I can't talk. You also are an author. I was going to combine the two words. <laughs> um, so I would just love to know what are some of the things that um, you have available that people could come check out.
1: Yeah. So I. Um, so my book is is called Nourish, Eat, Repeat: A Busy Woman's Guide to a Healthier Mind, Body, and Life. And so what I did, and Christy, you will resonate with this, is I took stories. From our chaotic life, because you know when you have kids, you've got lots of stories. Um, you know, one time I share the story of the time I had to t- take my twin daughters into a porta-potty, all while we're wearing life vests. So it's like, not only am I taking one child into a porta-potty, I'm taking two. And they're girls. So you know you've got to pick them up and just let the urine run down your arm because boys, you just Kind of pick them up from the back and they can aim in the hole girls you're trying to like don't touch anything um and then we were all wearing life vests because we were going on this rafting trip and so you can't breathe you've got this big life vest under your chin uh, you're screaming don't touch anything like don't move i mean it was chaotic meanwhile where's my husband uh he went down to pick out a, a good raft as if there was such a thing but he had the three boys with him. He's like, Well, I didn't know you needed my help. I'm like, Who doesn't need help in a porta potty ever? But, you know, that's for another story. But anyway, so I take stories like that, you know, just funny stories that all moms can relate to in one way or another, because that's, you know, how we connect through our crazy stories. And I connect those stories to nutrition lessons. So I basically like, Okay, so let's talk about pee and urine how much water do we really need to drink in a day? And so I take that story and then I link it back to a nutrition lesson where there's very practical information. And there, I think, I want you to think chicken soup for the soul. Like the stories are short, they don't build on each other, you know, so you can pick it up, read a couple pages, set it down. You know, it's geared for you know the busy person who doesn't have time to sit and read a 400 page novel about how to integrate nutrition it's okay give me these quick wins and make it funny so it keeps my attention where i can be like oh she gets it this isn't an expert ter- talking down to me this is my best friend giving me a call and saying you won't believe what happened <laughs> so that's the premise of the book and then at the end of every single chapter is what I call five-star recipes. So there's two five-star recipes at the end of each chapter, um, and I call them five stars because I can get five out of five of my kids to eat them. So my thought is, if I can get my crew, and I've got some pretty picky, you know, eaters. You're not gifted with, you know, well, you know, great eaters just because you're a dietitian. Um, if I can get all five of my kids to eat this meal chances are you can get one or two of your crew to enjoy it as well. So that's where that practical piece comes in. Like, you know, do I have to eat like a vegan? Oh, no, you don't have to. If you want to, that's great. But, you know, I have some vegan recipes in there, but I also have some just regular meals that you would find in a cookbook. And so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to marry the like the memoir slash nutrition, how to slash cookbook together and just show people, you know, this work, this way works for me. Maybe you can adapt some of these into your own lives.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. Love that idea. Where could we find that at? Is it on Amazon or?
1: Yeah, it's on all the major platforms. Um, But yeah, Amazon is probably the easiest way to find it. Um, and then from that, I actually started to create my own podcast called Nourish Eat, Repeat. And so it's just more of these, you know, it was to stem from that book. I know a lot of people are like, when's book number two coming out? I was like, oh, I'm not even quite sure how I did book number one, but I can talk my way through it. So I actually do a lot of mindset work and nutrition work through the podcast. And that can be another way for people to connect and and to learn more about it.
0: Awesome. And that'll be on, uh, all the major podcast platforms.
1: Yep. Cool.
0: Yep. So where are we able to find you out online? If we want to connect with you, your website, do you have any social media accounts?
1: Yeah. So my website, uh, we're actually transitioning it to a new site today. It's, so it'll be body health.com. Yeah. We used to have, it was body metrics PA because I live in Pennsylvania, but, um, we were now able to transition. So all our information will be consistent now. So bodymetricshealth.com, uh, Facebook our Instagram is all body Metrics health. So again, that's the company I run with my, with my husband. So you can find me there. I'm always running them answering questions. So anything you'd like to know or for help. Um, I also have a program. I'll just throw it out there on our website called diet rehab. And so it's a 30 day mindset program. So for people that want to do more of that root work, like how do I start changing my thoughts around food? How do I let go of some of those thoughts that no longer serve me well and, you know, start doing the mindset work of how do I think differently around food, my body, um, my relationship with food. And so that's, um, just something that's available that if people are interested in doing more of that work. Um, I love doing that, but, and I also love doing the practical stuff. So I love pretty much all of it. Let's just be honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love bringing all of it together. That's awesome. I just have to thank you so much for being here for sharing with us today. Um, Everything will be linked up in show notes. So if you want to connect with Adrienne, you'll be able to scroll down and, uh, be able to click right on over and connect with her. So as we kind of close out, did you have any maybe uh, final words of advice or just a final message for us?
1: Yeah. Um. You know what? Do you mind if I circle back to that posting your meal plan? That's hey, okay. I just remembered it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use this as my final thought, even though it's not a maybe a summary, but it's one more tip that's going to change your world, especially if you have other family members in your house um, and you know some of them are hard to please. So one of my biggest tips that I can share with people is once you create that meal plan, I need you to post it. So whether you write it on a chalkboard or whether you write it on a whiteboard or you just throw it on a sheet of paper with a magnet on your refrigerator, I need you to post your plan. I think what frustrates most moms, women, parents, you know, I shouldn't stereotype is when you put a lot of time and effort into creating a meal and the rest of your family complains about it. It just feels like they're ungrateful, like, you know, that you just didn't take time away to do something healthy for your family. And so when we don't feel um, validated for our efforts or we don't feel, um, I missing a word that I'm looking for, not respected, but if we don't feel like, you know, our our efforts were appreciated, then a lot of times we don't want to cook for our family and we don't want to go through all the the trouble of making healthy choices for everybody to just complain about it. So what I tell you if that is you and if you struggle with that, once you start posting the meal plan, this will all change. So if I give you an example, let's say that you are going to a steakhouse. Okay, you're going to put that meal plan thing behind you for a second, and you follow this example. Let's say you're going to a steakhouse, and you're very excited to get a steak, like you've already planned it out, you're excited, you had this on your mind, you're going to go get a steak. You go to the steakhouse, you sit down at the table, and the server tells you, um, I'm sorry, we're not going to be passing out menus tonight. We're going to do chef's choice. And you're like, oh, okay, well, this could be interesting. I wonder what he's going to choose. And the chef chooses that night grilled chicken and green beans and a sweet potato. And you're like, what? Grilled chicken? I'm at a steakhouse. Like, I want steak. I don't, I could get grilled chicken anywhere. I don't want that. I mean, it's not that you don't like grilled chicken. It's just you had an expectation that you were going to have steak that night because you drove to a steakhouse. This is what happens with kids. They have an expectation in their head of what they think dinner is going to look like. You know, and for a lot of them, they want macaroni and cheese or chicken nuggets. They have this idea in their head of what dinner is going to look like. And then when you sit grilled chicken, sweet potatoes, and green beans in front of them, they're going to complain because in their head, they were really hoping for mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and, you know, applesauce or something like that. And so they start to complain and they're very verbal about it. They're very loud and ungrateful and unappreciative. And it's not that you did anything wrong or that they, you know, they don't, you know, Appreciate your efforts, it's just that their expectation wasn't met, and so you hear about it through their complaints. When you post the meal plan and they can look at it ahead of time, all of that maybe, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Maybe all of those expectations, like, oh, tonight's chicken, huh. It's not really what I was hoping for, but they can mentally prepare themselves for the meal ahead of time so that they are not so vocal in the moment. And that is everything. So I tell people, it's not that your kids won't complain. They will just complain less. And when your kids complain less and there's more harmony around the mealtime, you are more motivated to stick with it. And so something just as simple as posting the meal plan and making sure everybody's expectations are where they need to be can be the difference between you continuing your journey and you quitting and not doing it anymore and just going for the pizza because, you know, nobody appreciates it anyway. Um, and then especially if the kids can see, okay, well, tonight's grilled chicken, but tomorrow is going to be mac and cheese. All right, I can get through tonight because I know tomorrow is going to be something I, I like a little bit more. So. I know that was a very long tip, but I just think it's so helpful when everybody is on the same page, because that's how we continue to do this nutrition thing long term. And that's how we start changing lives.
0: Oh, my gosh, I feel like that was so powerful. Just uh, for me, I feel like that was a great tip. Because um, yeah, when you were saying I'm like, nobody appreciates these healthy meals that I make, you know, and just something as powerful. I'm like, Hosting a meal plan because my boys will even wake up in the morning. They'll be like, what are we having for dinner tonight? And I'm like, guys, we haven't even gotten through breakfast. <laughs> like, Adrian, I just have to thank you so much for being here today. I feel like you've given us so much uh, powerful wisdom, so many tips. Um, I feel like you've seen into my soul <laughs> with my struggles with my own children. Um, so I just have to thank you again, giving your time, being here today. It has been a pleasure.
1: Of course. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. Come and connect with me over on Instagram at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what your takeaways were and what you want to hear more of. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of these awesome episodes. Leave a review if you love the show and I will see you next time.